morning, everybody. Well, I hope, desperately, that you have not come to hear me talk, because that would be very, very sad. Very sorry, indeed. Uh, so, uh, I hope that, like you, or like me, you guys have come to hear something from the Lord. So, uh, that's what we all want. So, Jesus, we uh, invite your presence to do exactly what you want to do in this place. God, we pray that uh, your presence uh, would meet with us. God, that you would bring that uh, that bread, that you would break it. God, that you would uh, feed us with that very manna from heaven. God, those things that we need from you, God, you know what they are. And God, I pray that you would just bring those things to us. God, that you would minister your life into us. God, we, uh, we bind the flesh and the carnal mind. We bind every emotional thing, God, and we loose your spirit in this place to do exactly what you want to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So I trust you all have had a profitable week, um, as they always are when uh, God is at the the helm of your life. Um, I spent a great deal of time this week uh, out in the heat. The sun has looked upon me, and I am uh, blackened. And uh, uh, and every every uh, drop of sweat running into my eyes uh, reinforced this idea that I need some young guys to do this stuff, not me. Because it's way easier to throw money at somebody and tell them go out there in the heat and climb the ladder than it is to have to do it yourself. So that's that's my goal in life right now. In fact, I have a guy to do that, but he's older than me, so. Um, anyway, had an interesting experience yesterday morning. Uh, have a Bible study with the kids, and and uh, a couple of uh, older gentlemen showed up at the door, and uh, they were from this Baptist church just down the street from where we live, and um, said they were from an independent Baptist church, whatever that means. Um, I, I mean, I know there's lots of different kinds of Baptists. First Baptist, Second Baptist, Southern Baptist, you know, Northwestern, Third Street Baptist, and all that. But um, uh, you know, of course, the first thing he asked is, "Do we go to church somewhere?" Uh, like, yeah, we do. You know, we just moved here, we go to church where we've always gone to church. And uh, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's really good." He kind of didn't seem like he believed me at first. And uh, of course, the kids came out because they know no strangers. Started talking to these guys and. Uh, but this guy told me that uh, that he was a retired dairy farmer and that he'd been uh, going door to door, inviting people to church, talking to them about salvation for over 50 years. I thought, wow, what a great use of his time! It's like, man, he's like, you know, he's like, I just decided I loved the Lord more than dairy farming. I was like, well, I can see that. You know. I mean, we all love dairy. Dairy is is a critical thing because they will take my ice cream for me. They will peel it out of my dead, frozen fingers. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but I thought that was really neat. In fact, I, I made it a point to tell them that I appreciated what they were doing because the, I appreciate how the Baptists go around and they gather up the kids that their parents won't take them to church and they come and they teach them about the cross and they teach them about about the blood of Jesus. And 
they they gave us some stuff and invited the kids to vacation Bible school this week and and uh, uh, you know of course it let us know that if there was a blizzard and it was you know we couldn't really drive the church where we were going we could always come to their church and stuff and, uh, yeah, yeah, no. and of course uh, the kids were interested in going to vacation Bible school because they asked what it is and so after the guys left and I explained it to them and, and Levi's like that sounds fun <laughs> it's like well yeah. No, and it probably would be, and I'm sure they wouldn't teach you anything amiss at a vacation Bible school. But uh, like, you know what? What they have is like kindergarten. It's it's not that there's no value in it, but it's a beginning place. And and what God has given us is like high school. So uh, it would kind of be a step backwards to to go that direction. But uh, I don't know. I just kept thinking about those guys all day because I thought, wow, that's you know that's uh, that's a real blessing, and I really hope that. Uh, um, that you know, some people would take those things of value that they had about the cross and about the blood and apply those things in their life if they hadn't already. And uh, because if you if you do honest business with God, He'll do honest business with you. And so um, you know, you can have somebody tell you about the Lord, and and they may not have everything just right, but God has everything just right. And so if you you know, if you're honestly seeking him, then he will get you through no fault of your own to some place where where God can talk to you and deal with you about the stuff. You know, the the people that I came here with um had all kinds of stuff sideways and, and left in a big huff a few months after I came here. Uh but I got here nonetheless and and I managed to survive. So you know, of course, I all told told you guys all last week about my uh, experiences in the wilderness of no church for seven, eight years, whatever it was, uh, here where we only had church every once in a while, and how I really did not prosper during that time. And uh, um, but you know, there's this thing about being out in the wilderness. You know, when you uh, when you are someplace where there is no water. You know, Mike and I do these new construction houses where, for whatever reason, there is no water, because apparently nobody in any kind of construction-related trade needs water for anything. I'm not bitter, but uh, but the thing that I was getting at is we worked on this house and it was hot. I mean, you you don't want to drink the water out of like brand new plumbing, you don't. But um, I mean, you know, there was just simply no water. The, uh, apparently everybody else had the same idea we did, and there was almost no uh, bottled water at the nearest gas station either. And so you talk about being thirsty. It was hot. You know where you know when the wind blows and the wind feels hot. It's not refreshing. And and there was no water. And there's like dust blowing around, and it's just plain hot. So there's nothing quite like being out in the wilderness. To uh, make you appreciate some water. You know, I'm not a big fan of water, to be quite honest, unless you put something tasty in it. But uh, you get you get hot enough, you get thirsty enough, and water is a grand deal. And that's what God knows. That's what God knew when He took uh, Israel out into the wilderness, and and He had this rock that followed them, and and that where they could get honest to goodness water, and. By that point, nobody was was standing at the back. Kind of, you don't have any like strawberry lemonade Powerade, do you? You know, everybody was ready for some water. 
Uh, go with me to Psalm 63. I was thinking a lot about um, prayer this week. And uh, I sat down yesterday to... I was like, okay, if I was going to minister on prayer, where would I go? And I couldn't narrow it down at all. It's like, it's because this, this whole book is, is this book of prayer. You know, God was just talking a few weeks ago about you know opening the blind eyes and, and opening the, the deaf ears um, because the house is a house of prayer, not a house of merchandise. And uh, so, you know, when you sit down to read your word, you know, read this word. It's funny because uh, in my thinking, it, I like to compartmentalize everything, I like to organize everything nice and tidy and and have it all... This is for this. This is for this. This makes sense. I like this. Um, uh, I don't like to organize it to begin with. I like to have somebody else do that. But I like to keep it that way. So um, I don't like change. But, um, you know, and, and I, I always thought of reading the Bible and praying as two very separate things. And uh, in, in some sense they are. But in most senses they're not because uh how many times have you sat down to pray and you just you have you don't you're not sure what to talk about you don't have anything on your mind uh that's a great time to get out the word because then god can say something to you you know it's like ask him say hey what what do you what do you want to talk about you know i watched um war room this week for the first time i had never seen this everybody was like gotta see it's movie. And, you know, those the Kendrick brothers make some great movies, but they're all pretty cheesy. And typically, if I'm going to, to burn some time in front of the TV, I, I'm actually looking for entertainment. So I usually want to watch something I know is going to be fun rather than something that's going to be, you know, impacting or whatever. And, and, but that movie was really, really good. And, and the, the message was great. And I could identify with this woman sitting in her closet and she's like, before you know it, she's like picking up her high heels and she's looking at them. <laughs> so then she takes everything out of her closet. You know, it's like, I've got to get rid of all these distractions. I, I keep looking around my office thinking, I, there's almost nothing in there right now. And I have this gorgeous bookshelf that I'm going to bring in from the garage. And, and uh, I probably don't own enough books to fill half of it, but... Uh, I'm just thinking I'm getting my new furniture this week and I'm going to put my recliner in there, you know, the the chair that is cursed with this sleep potion or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but it's but I don't know. I I've had a lot of really great prayer time in that chair and a lot of great naps, but um but you know, uh I was just thinking I don't really want to fill this office with too much stuff because then I'm going to be just like that lady like But of course I just I look at I look at I look at doors I look at woodwork I look at walls and I'm always thinking of something I, I don't know how many times I've come up here in the winter time when work was slow I'd just walk around the sanctuary and pray and I'm looking at the walls and thinking oh these walls drive me crazy I'd like to make them smooth you know uh, or you know I don't any number of things but I mean it, there's all kinds of stuff to distract you when you go to pray that's my point and uh, so I thought it was really great how this lady 
really took, made a serious effort to get rid of all the distractions because life is distracting. It just, it just is. There's all kinds of stuff. Like we talked about last week about you know, all things being lawful but not all things are expedient. It's really easy to get sucked into something pretty innocuous like your phone. And then all of a sudden, it's like this big gilded chain. It's like every, you know, and, and I've seen it in my own life. Every time I have a few spare minutes, I get my phone out of my pocket. And then I look at it, and I don't have anything entertaining on it for that very purpose. And so I kind of look at it, and I, I replaced all my games with the news. And then that became a problem for me, too, because then I was sucked into the news and not getting anything else done and usually getting really worked up about how stupid everything is that's going on. And uh, so I had to get rid of that. So I get my phone out. I look at it. I look at the calendar for work and put it back in my pocket because there's really nothing to do on my phone. And actually, it helps you stay engaged in life. It's a really liberating experience. I recommend it for everyone. But... um, you know, there's lots of things that that distract you from that sense of need that we all have. You know, if if you're thirsty, there's lots of stuff you can drink, and your body will somehow filter some water out of it. I saw this there for a while. The uh, uh, the uh, Coke company was advertising on their boxes of their soda. It's like, this is good for you. It's made with water. It's like. Yeah, water and syrup, and right? I know. You can tell Bobby doesn't drink Coke. Look at him. So, you know, you know, if you if you drink a lot of Coke, you end up looking like me. So, um, anyway, the thing about water is is you you have to have it, and your body will tell you if you don't have enough, and. Uh, you know, we were working out in the heat this week. Mike and I would we 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 were already leaving, gonna have to leave uh, our house at five o'clock to get to work on time, and and try and uh, beat the heat, as they say. And we we had this big cooler, and it's like, you know what? Maybe we need to leave 15 minutes earlier. Go get some ice and some bottled water, and I've got to have my strawberry lemonade Powerade. But let's get some water, you know. And and of course, you know. You know, uh, made sure that Jeremy understood. It's like, hey, this is this water's for everybody. For God's sake, drink some. And and I don't know. Some people they can nurse one little drink like all day. And this guy just he wouldn't hardly drink any water, and he kept complaining. He's from Michigan, and so he's used to like lake effect snow. He's like blizzards and cold. And he comes down here, and he's like, it's so hot down here. Oh God. And it's like, yes, that's, that's what the big cooler that says ice cube on it is for. Water in there. And you will feel much better. You know, I mean, how many times have you just had a day where you felt crummy? And just no no real definable thing. You just felt crummy. And, and you go and you drink some water. And after a while, you drink enough water and you just, it's like, wow, that was really refreshing. I'm going to have some more. And a nice, tall, frosty cool glass of water trickling. I know, you're all thinking, "Mm." I wonder if he's going to say anything if I get up and go in the kitchen and get some water. Uh, But you know, it's it's, 
It, it's something important that you have to have. And so uh, I can tell you that the the children of Israel, when they came to that place where they had been in the in the wilderness for days with no water, and all of a sudden there was water coming out of this rock, uh, all sense of dignity, of I'm sure, was went out the window. Because when you want something bad enough, you don't care if anybody sees you going to get it. You know, I mean, have you ever like been to somebody's house and they tell you to make yourself at home? Please dig through my cabinets, dig through my fridge. I'm, I, that's hard for me. I mean, we lived with Bob and Heidi for six weeks, and of course, I mean, they're family, literally. And they're like, you know, hey, make yourself at home. And so I just, I gritted my teeth and I just started digging around in their kitchen. <laughs> I just started digging around in the in the fridge like I lived there because I kind of did. And. uh um, you know, you know, I always hear these horror stories about how terrible it is to live with people or to have someone to live with you, how by the end it's like like those stories Ron tells about the that weird like church thing where they believe that, you know, you can really get rid of your flesh by living together. Yes, the flesh farm. It's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, we we lived with Bob and Heidi for six weeks and we got along famous. I mean, the only thing that I was looking forward to about uh, going to my house was it was my house, and I had my own bed back. But, um, so, you know, that worked smooth. But, um, you know, I'm sure every all their sense of decorum about getting a drink was, was probably non-existent. Like, hey, there, there's water over there, and I'm going to get some. I mean, have you ever, you know, you've been in church, and God's talking about, you know, if you need... Whatever, you know, this this is what we're talking about today, and if this is what you need, then come on up. If you want it bad enough, you don't care who sees you go up there, and and when you understand that everybody is really in the same boat, and that there's probably other people who want to go up there but they just can't, and if they see you go up there, it's like okay, well, I mean, surely if if you know if they're as messed up as I am and they really need this too, then then why would I not go up there? You know, it's funny how bunched up we get at church. And, you know, here's my mirror. It's funny how bunched up we get at church. (laughs) Because we're all here for the same thing. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, the Spirit of God really gets moving. Everybody's having a great time. And, I don't know, I'm just back with, thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to just, like, jump up and down and shout and, swing my bass around and break it on the ground or something. But but it's like, nah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and it's funny because if you really just decide, you know what, I'm going to get out in the rain and I'm going to have me, have me a time. You know, you feel silly, maybe. Maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe you're too lost to notice. You know, and then of course, you know, you kind of come to yourself and think i can't believe everybody just saw that but everybody's like did you see that that was awesome you know it's like everybody you know loves to see somebody have a great time in the lord because again that's why we're all here and so um you know uh, i know i know god narrowed gideon's army down with the people who just stuck their face in the water versus the people that, that were paying attention to you know looking out for the enemy you know, but if you're thirsty enough, there's you, you don't care who sees you stick your face in the water and just drink it. 
So in Psalm 63, he says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. When you really want water and there just isn't any, that day that we were working on that house and there was no water, it was really hot. There's these guys working inside where there's no air conditioning because it's a brand new house. We had all their windows shut, covered up with plastic. So there's no air moving in this house either. And they they griped about it, but they understood. They were they were polite. But it's actually way cooler in there even still than than it was being out in the sun. And uh by the end of the day, I was getting that like tunnel vision thing and kind of getting spacey and getting the cold chills and uh because I was really I was way too hot and dehydrated and uh uh, I did have some water that was hot because it had been sitting in the van all day. And so I'm standing there in the shade of the garage drinking this hot water. The guy comes over and offers me a Coke, ice cold right out of his cooler. I'm like, oh, no, thanks, bro. I'm good. Like, I do not want anything but water. Like, give me water or give me death because that's where I'm at. <laughs> so nothing quite like being in a dry, thirsty land where there's no water. And so, so, so David's talking about, it says when he was in the wilderness of Judah at, at the top of the psalm. And so he's, he's yearning because he's in this place where he, he has fled from Saul. And, uh, um, and he's, he's uh, hoping and, and trusting that these uh, prophecies of Samuel's are indeed going to come to pass because he, he knows who Samuel is. He knows the stories about the things that he did. When when Samuel came to his village, <laughs> come out peaceably, <laughs> you know. And so they they know this guy, and so he he knows that the, that this man hears from God. But there's there's interest this interesting thing about faith that happens where, you know, we oftentimes we our sense of faith in how how things are going is based circumstantially, and based on good feelings. It's like, well, this feels good, everything's going great. Woohoo. And then and then, you know, faith matures into this place where um uh things are going okay. I feel bad, but but I understand now that uh my sense of well-being isn't based on what I feel like. And and I was exercising that this morning because um it was an interesting experience trying to get out the door on time this morning and uh to say say it nicely and uh i i all weekend long i had just been like pushing against the sense of being thirsty and like trying to get some water and it's just really struggling with it and so that happens you know but uh um but my sense of well-being is not in how I felt because yesterday I felt really crummy all around, and uh, but you know faith comes into this place eventually that everything on can uh, witness to the contrary that you're going to be okay. Everything can look like it's a disaster, and you can feel horrible, and everything looks like it's against you, and and yet faith says I'm okay, and and so. Uh, David was practicing that here. 
And so, so he's he's longing after God. He's in this place where where he's having to trust God because he's in a Sabbath where he's he's running from Saul. He has really he has this uh, commission from God not to defend himself against Saul, and so he's running and uh, and just trusting God that either God's going to let him kill me or he's not. But I'm not going to kill him, and I'm not going to I'm not going to fight with him. And and so alongside this, he feels like he's just hanging on to the last thing God said to him because he's he's thirsty and he's in this place where there's no water. You know, he, he when he was in a julem, he said, uh, "Oh, uh, somebody would bring me a drink from the well of Bethlehem." He wanted something from God, and those guys loved him so much they risked their lives to go get it for him. And, and then he, he wouldn't drink it, but he poured it out as an offering to God because he understood that God was on his side. He understood that he was going to be okay. But but he, he valued the, the love that those men had for him. So he says, to see your power and your glory, so as I've seen you in the sanctuary. So he's just longing after that sense of seeing God. You know, because you, you look around at the way things are, it's like, man, I wish... I could see. Uh, I wish I saw things going differently. It seems like like you you can't see God in the things that are going on, and everything is just sliding backwards. But he talks about uh, seeing him in the sanctuary. Where where would that sanctuary be? Exactly, it'd be in us because we are that temple. You know, he he told Solomon. Solomon, you know, he dedicated this this temple, and. Uh, um, you know, everybody knows the the scripture from Second Chronicles about if my people that are called by my name humble themselves and pray and all that. And uh, but in that passage, he says that my my ears will be attentive will be attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. So, despite what you may feel like, uh, despite what things may look like, you are that temple of God because He dwells inside you. And when when you talk, he's listening, and he's paying attention, and he's he's recording these things, and and he said that he keeps your tears in a bottle. So even even if you don't know what you could even say, what would I say to convey the way that I I feel inside? He he gets that. He he gets what the you know he he speaks that that language of the groanings that can't be uttered. So he knows your heart. I was I was just telling Jeremy the other day. He was uh, after we watched War Room. My boys went upstairs and they got their little beanbag chairs that we bought them, and they put them in their closet. And uh, Jeremy plugged his little clip-on lamp thing uh, in, and he put it in his closet so he could turn it on and he could read his Bible in his closet. And uh, and he was telling me about something. Uh, this this recurring thought that kept coming to him and, and it was really troubling to him and and I explained how he was he was working through it right and how not everything that runs through your head is your own and uh, but I was like but you know when you don't know what to say or if you have this this thought that occurs to you that's that's not yours and you're and you're resisting it God knows what's in your heart he he knows he's not gonna look at this this thought that that ran through your mind and somehow holds you accountable to it that you know you've done this dreadful thing and 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 now you're doomed forever it's like 
You know, the enemy's always trying to put that kind of weight on your shoulders. And he's got some awful slender shoulders, so like, you know, so I'm gonna teach you how to how to deal with this. Let me let me carry that for you. But uh he says, uh, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. So he's thirsty and and he's longing for this sense of well being on the outside, this circumstantial well being. Because who doesn't like that? I like things to go smooth. I like I like to come home sit down with a cup of coffee in my comfy chair with my little comfy prayer blankie and uh, you know, have somebody bring me coffee so I don't even have to get up. <laughs> and if some ice cream came alongside it, who gets hurt? And uh, um, But he says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, then my lips shall praise thee. So better than anything about his life, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, the loving kindness of God was more valuable to him because uh, regardless of your circumstance, the, the love of God transcends all those things. And so everything that, uh, every mistake you've ever made, every uh, everything that just happened to you that, that just seemed like it came out of nowhere and didn't make sense, all that stuff, his loving kindness transcends all those things because his his love is with us no matter how we feel, no matter how our life looks. Uh, and, and you know, if things need straightened out, God is happy to straighten them out. That is, He is in the business of straightening things out. But the great thing is, is, is he, he does it with such love that, and, and such hope that, that you go away from that, this, this like corrective type situation feeling like, wow, He really loves me. And I just feel so great. I mean, have you ever talked to Ron and he talked to you about something in your life and you went away from him feeling really great and you kind of were thinking about what he said? It's like, wow, he totally corrected me on that. It's like, wow. You know, I've had those moments. I was furious with somebody that had hit one of my children. And, I mean, I was, I, I let them have it verbally. And, uh,. I was my shoulders were still heaving when I went to talk to Ron about it. And he's like, "Well, you know, you've had this discussion with him before. You know, you you told him nicely, and now not so nicely. Um, so I I think now they understand, hopefully, what what you know what you're saying here. You know, because I came at it I was like, maybe you can explain something to me. Maybe I'm way off base here. You know, and 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 he just calmly, you know." You know, a couple days later, I'm still mulling over this thing. So I'm still kind of mad, you know, and uh, as as you would be if somebody hit your child, you know, that's 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 grounds for killing someone. But um, I was like, wow, he totally called me on that, and I didn't even catch it. It was like, you know, like yeah, you can deal with him about this thing, but you could deal with it probably nicer than that. You know, and I don't know. Maybe they needed to hear it. Maybe they needed to see the the weight of my displeasure. I don't know. But uh, um, but you know, when when God fixes something in your life, it's it's just such a blessing, and and you go away with this sense of wow, this that that wasn't so bad. That worked out really great. You know, and uh, um, 
I've had times where my uh, I was going to have to spank one of my kids, and they were all in a panic. And uh, 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 <laughs> in fact, I, I was dealing with Zoe on this recurring issue, and I was like, if that happens again, you are going to get an end of the world spanking. <laughs> and so it happened while I was gone, and and so Cynthia uh, dealt with it appropriately. And so she met me at the at the back door. Zoe did. And she said she told me that she got an end of the world spanking. <laughs> so we'll see how well that sticks. But um, you know, but uh, you know, I don't know how many times I've uh, spanked my kids, and then uh, you know they were like, "Well, that, you know, once once they get over the initial, ow, that was terrible." Like, yeah, that wasn't so bad, was it? No, not really. You know, it's like, don't you feel better? Yeah. You know, and the, and they always like cling to your leg, and it's like, I love you, Dad. You know, and which is really cathartic for you after you've just, uh, you know, your hand is still stinging from, you know, this rather firm contact with their hind end. Uh, so it's, it's a because it. You know, your parents always say this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, and you're thinking, yeah, right. It really does, because it's a different kind of hurt, you know, because you hurt inside, because you're thinking, wow, I really love them, and I wish I didn't have to do this, but um, this is more loving to do this to them than it is to just let it go, and uh, because it's going to be a destructive thing in their life. So, anyway, you know, having God fix something is, is really not that scary, but he says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. And while I bless, I thus will I bless thee while I live, and I will lift up my hands in thy name. So, so here he is. He's in this place where it, he feels like God's not there. Feels like God's not listening. He feels like he has been rejected and and outcast into the wilderness, and, and he's being hunted. And so, nothing in his life is really going well. But he's but he's praising God for his loving kindness and his faithfulness in the midst of this place that he's at, recognizing against feeling and against circumstance that, that God's on his side and that he loves him. You know, um, you know, as you go through the Psalms you just you see that over and over again how, how David just he rehearsed to himself that God was on his side. You know, he said one of my favorite uh uh, verses he says that uh, when I cry unto thee, my enemies shall turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And so, so he rehearsed that to himself. He he just kept telling himself, God is for me. God is on my side. This thing may seem to be going against me. This thing might even look like God is doing something against me, but God is for me. You know, and that was a great thing about that movie. This guy is just doing everything wrong you could think of. And uh, and he's he's really fighting against his wife, and fighting against his daughter, and he's fighting against God. And uh, um, and this, this noose is kind of tightening in his life, all this stuff that's going on. Everything is starting to fall apart on him. And, he, and he's friends with this guy that's Christian who has, has been confronting him about, or not confronting him, but trying to help him with things in his life. And uh, uh, and he tells him, he's like, look, you know, you can fight against your wife and maybe hold your own, 
But if you fight against God, you can go to the gym all you want, but it's not looking good for you. And it's like, wow. You know, and, and so it's great because, you know, God is like the best wrestler there is. And, and he knows how to get you so twisted up that, that you finally say uncle around, you know, you're saying it around your knee, stuffed in your mouth, you know. <laughs> you know, he knows how to get you in those, in those places. Um, but but he he does it in I don't know it's like he does it but he leaves you with this sense of I'm doing this because I love you and this is this gonna work out good for you so I mean this is a great thing so he says my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips so he's just he's it's like he's making up his mind you know I'm not happy about the place I'm at. I don't feel great. I feel thirsty. But I'm going to praise God. And and, uh, and I'm going to continually remind myself that that I love Him and that He loves me. When I remember Thee on my bed and meditate on Thee in the night watches, there's nothing quite like uh, being up at night when you can't sleep. Uh... That doesn't happen to me often because when I go to bed, I usually pass out instantly. But I've had those moments. I've had those times in my life where you're just up all night uh, or up on and off throughout the night because you just you just can't sleep. you got something going on in your life that's, that's troubling, and they always, it always seems to get bigger at night. And, and there's something about the quiet of, of the nighttime that... that uh, there's not as many things to drown out the that sense of your your soul saying, "Hey, I'm thirsty here. Hey, this thing is is troubling me." It's not as easy to distract it away at night. And and God's very wise how He lets us get into those places because when you're paying more attention like that, it's easier to just get it handled. So remembering Him in His bed, meditating on Him in the night watches really. Thinking these things through, you know, Jeremy was just asking me on the way here, what what does meditation mean? And it's like, well, it's like, you know, it's like if you eat something really fast, it's like you don't even hardly chew it up. You just shove it in your mouth and you swallow it. It's like, or you can meditate on the Word of God, and it's like, it's like putting it in your mouth and chewing on it for a while. You still might not get it, may may not understand what all it's saying to you. But but you chew on it for a while and consider it, and you'd be surprised what comes out, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's an interesting thing that happens there. But he says, uh, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. So so he's reminding himself again. It's like, you know, you, you came through for me before. You, you've been my help before. Uh, so I have no reason to believe that anything other than that is what's going to happen now because God is a faithful God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, you know, it's it's like the uh, like the thing that Heidi said where she was all troubled about something and she went to talk to Ron and he's like, you know what? God loves you just as much now as he did the day you met him and and before that even. You know, God's love doesn't change. Like you know, it's all the all the changes that happen is is on our end, and uh, 
you know, it's, it's funny how Fred talks about how he kept, you know, thinking that Sharon was going to change. Sharon's going to change. And, and Gov's dealing with him. It's like, well, it's actually you that needs to change. You know, and uh, um, I, I, I can certainly identify with that. You know, because I kept thinking, you know, it's like this needs to change and this needs to change. And then it's like you look in the mirror. Like, well, what about you? Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's nothing quite like looking at yourself and thinking, wow, I didn't know that was there. That was, that's no good. Let's get rid of that. Another great use for water besides drinking it, because God, yeah, because he says that uh, that he washes us with that washing of the water of the word. And Jesus told his disciples that, that now you're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. And so uh, there's nothing quite like uh, like that. My kids were watching the show once, and everybody on the show they hated. Uh, well, the the boss guy hated bathing, and he hated cleanliness, and so everybody had to be dirty and filthy and disgusting. And they just they spend this whole show longing to be clean, and uh, uh, and then finally uh, this bad guy ends up getting like tossed in a fountain. And some of this caked on dirt starts coming off him. He's like, well, this is kind of nice. And so he, he changes everything that now we should all be clean and everyone rejoices and, and stuff. You know, it's, being clean is a great thing. If you've ever, if you work a job where you get dirty, there is nothing quite like coming home and taking a shower and, oh, I don't know how many times I've come home. It's like, touch me not. <laughs> You know, it's like I, I open the door and it's like, Daddy! And, and then the kids come, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like you open the door and it's like, like touch me not, because I am filthy. You know, it's like you will ruin your clothes if you touch me. And uh, um, so... You have to decide whether you want to put your clothes in the burn pile or in the laundry pile. We've we've all had those moments. Bobby knows what I'm talking about. He started working for us, and he was talking to us about how he didn't like doing vinyl siding because it was messy. (laughs) Because he didn't like those little shreds of plastic you get, you know, when you drill stuff and you snip things. Mike and I kind of looked at each other like, oh, boy. (laughs) You're in the wrong line of work, bro. So... So now he's in the right line of work. So lucky him. So, but he says, uh, because you've been my help, therefore I will rejoice. Or in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. So he's he reminds himself of that continual help that God has been in his life, and and he understands that 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 help that comes from God is is just as available now as it ever was. He says, my soul follows hard after thee, and thy right hand upholds me. So he's, he's, he's panting and running after God, and he's thirsty. But he understands that, that, uh, that this is where the water comes from. So you don't, you know, you're not going to chug a bunch of water when you're, when you're running. You know, because that's, that's a bad idea. I mean, you always see those guys, they like, they're, Marathon running, sick people, and 
Um, you know, somebody will like hand them a water bottle and they'll like, you know, they'll drink a little bit and then they just dump it all over him because, you know, if you drank it all, he'd probably get sick. So, but he's, he understands that in order to get to that water, to get to that, that place of, of hydration that he's looking for, then he's going to follow hard after God because he's going to, he's going to get where he's at because that's where the water is. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. And everyone that swears by him shall glory in the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. You know, another thing that I was thinking of yesterday, I was reading this stuff, uh, was in Jeremiah, how, uh, you know, he's talking to them about returning. They haven't even gone into Babylon yet, but he's talking about when you come back. And, and he says, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search me with all of your heart and I will be found of you. You know, um, uh, one of the other Psalms I read that I was torn between that one and, and 63 was he talked, he, uh, David calls God the, the God that hears prayer, that hears prayer. He says, unto you shall all flesh come. And he just goes on through the Psalm about how God hears the things that I have to say. And uh, and he has this assurance that that these things are going to work out right because God is listening, because God is paying attention, and and He does. And so His word, like I said, I couldn't hardly narrow it down because His word is filled with Him answering prayer, with how somebody had something to say to Him and God was paying attention, and it happened. I mean, think about Hannah. You know, she had this adversary that vexed her sore, and she was at the temple praying grieving while everybody else was out having a party. And did she get what she asked for? She did indeed. And so maybe maybe everybody else is at the party right now and, and maybe you're grieving in the temple and, and you're you're asking God for this thing. But uh Hannah got what she was asking for. And and it wasn't always an easy thing. I mean, it, it can't have been easy to take Samuel to the temple and leave him there, and to see him once a year. I can hardly imagine. But but think of the think of the gift that she gave to Israel. You know, um, I uh, I read this really great quote uh, in this devotional thing the other day. Said that this this uh, woman offered this. Uh, uh, costly offering to the work of the Lord and the minister asked can you can you afford to do this and she said no but I can sacrifice it and so it wasn't about what she could afford to give then it was about what she could do without to to give something to God because you can't give God enough that he won't uh, he won't outgive you you know he, he told him in Malachi he said prove me prove me with with the stuff you bring your offerings you bring your tithes and you bring all that stuff, and you see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you couldn't even contain it. And, and I can tell you that He does that. And it's not just money. It's, you know, there's there's lots of things because you know God already has everything. You know what He wants is you. You know, and and you know offerings and stuff. That's just simply a matter of uh, you know tithes is a matter of obedience and faithfulness to to something that He that He that He asked for. But to, to give him you, the Bible says, is your reasonable service. So when you when you are in that place of being thirsty and you uh, you come to him, you can be sure that not only is he listening, but that he will 
give you those things that you need. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, you, you're you not going to go to the water fountain and end up with no water. So, Jesus, we thank you for meeting with us today for your uh, unending faithfulness to us. And, God, what we pray today is that uh, you would break that bread uh, today, God, that we would bring you our offerings. Uh, God, that we'd bring you the calves of our lips, that sacrifice of praise. God, that we would, like David, regardless of circumstance, regardless of of our feelings, good or bad, that we would praise you and, and offer you that glory that you are so worthy of. And God, that your spirit would uh, minister in this place as only uh, you can, that you would do exactly what you want to do. God, every person in this place, you know what they need. You know what they've come here seeking. And if they don't know what they've come here seeking, God, bring it up to them. God, you know what we need even if we don't know what we need. God, and so what I'm asking is that every person in this place would receive that thing that they need uh, because you know what it is. And, and you are that God of great supply. God, and it doesn't matter how varied the needs are. It doesn't matter how different uh, one person's need may be from another. God, you know how. To, to meet all those needs uh, at the same time because you are that kind of God. And God, we just glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.